chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Now, we have service tonight. The plan is to preach from uh, 1 Kings chapter 20. So, this afternoon, before you take the nap, after you eat your lunch, you read 1 Kings chapter 20, and you'll be set up. That's the setup, okay? You'll be ready. This morning, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 2. And so great salvation. Look with me, beginning with verse 1. Verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. You know, that verse has a lot to say to us that are believers. We... We need to be very thankful. We need to be very grateful. We need to really appreciate the truth of the gospel, the Bible, the ability to go to church and open the Bible without fear of retaliation, at least in the service. So we ought to give more earnest. How many of us today, if we were honest with ourselves, we would need to be more earnest in our Christian life? Earnest. That's an old term in it, an old word. But you know what it means. It means we need to care, we need to appreciate. The word would sacrifice would go in there. We need to be willing. Those who have things do not appreciate them if they do not pay for them. Is that not true? We have paid very little for our freedom. We have paid very little for our salvation. Jesus paid the price completely in full. So for some for for us there needs to be some way that we can bring into our mind a greater appreciation for what we have in Christ. To meditate on God and His love would, would help us do that. To read our Bible and to try to walk with the Lord would encourage that. So that's verse 1. He said, lest at any time we should let them slip. You know, someone gives you a Christmas present and they ask you nine months later, well, how did you like that gift? And I'm sitting here thinking, what was it? Oh, that's the one I put in the dumpster. We let it slip, didn't we? We need to be careful about truth that we don't put it in the dumpster. In the dumpster of the backside of our mind where it doesn't have any effect on us. Now verse 2, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receive a just recompense of reward, 
He's challenging our cognitive reasoning, isn't he? He said, now, think about this. You look back into the Bible, back in history, a word spoken by an angel was taken seriously. What he is implying here is that this Bible, who has been, which has been spoken to us by the Holy Spirit, is much more authoritative than any word spoken by an angel. And a word spoken by an angel was taken serious. Most people pay more attention to the news that's on, on, in the evening than they do the Word of God. And the Word of God is more update than tomorrow's news. We need to pay attention. Pay attention to what matters. He said, if, he said, the word if, for if the word spoken by angels, verse 2, was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. Folks, it's a fact that there is retribution, there is judgment for sin. He said, considering that, now he's talking to you and me in verse 3. You and me, you and I that have salvation, we have received Jesus as our Savior. He's talking to us now. He said, having considered all of this, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? When I was a kid, I had a problem with doing what I was told. I had no problem doing what I wanted to do. It come natural. But when my mother gave me that magic statement, I knew I would not escape judgment. I'll tell your daddy when he gets home tonight. Anybody had a daddy like that? That done you some good, didn't it? May have not liked him. You didn't like him till you grew up. You know what I'm talking about? Didn't like him till you grew up. You say, I still don't like him. You hadn't grown up. And it's taken longer to grow people up these days than ever before because we don't have to grow up. But when you grow up, you'll appreciate a daddy like that. But the truth is, he said, having seen all of this and know all of this, he says in verse 3, How shall you and I escape if we neglect so great salvation? I'm going to refer to Christopher Hitchens today, who I, who I call an adolescent. He's dead now, so we need to be respectful for the dead. He was an atheist. He's one of the young atheists. He now believes in God, by the way. Come on. He does now believe in God. That uh, young adolescent wrote a, a book that God is not great. God is not great. How shall we escape if we neglect not only God, but his great salvation? He says, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. He tells us, this great salvation did not come out of the shadows until the Lord himself came to earth. John, as I read last week, he, he announced this great Messiah, this great Savior, and, pro and proclaimed him to the world. And Jesus comes onto the stage, and he talks about the need to be right with God. And he, talks about, he talked about the, the false uh, religion that was going on of the day, how they had 
perverted the reality of, of, of God's salvation and he presented to us and then the apostles continued to tell us that salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the son of God that died on the cross to please God's wrath for us because we could never please God because of our sin. And try, Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary for us to be saved. Jesus died for you on the cross that you and I and the world can be saved. So considering that, we read verse 3 again. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So great salvation. What a wonderful statement. There's 8 billion people, almost 8 billion people in the world today, and if you're a Christian, you are a chosen few. And it would do us good to read that under the context. It's just a blessing to be saved. Eight billion people almost, and we are saved. A lot of people don't even hear the gospel. But we've heard it, had the opportunity. And you know, we realize from the scripture, it teaches us that there is greater uh, accountability to those that have heard than those who have not heard. I would hate to die and go to hell from Bullinger County because the gospel's been preached. I'd hate to die and go to hell from America because the gospel has been preached. Amen. Now, most of the world's going to die in darkness without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And that should concern us. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I'll get into that. Every one of us that have cognitive reasoning skills, you can take in knowledge and have understanding. You know a right and a wrong. Every one of us that have the cognitive skills to reason understand that when you do wrong, it's going to cost you. We understand that there's going to be punishment for sin. We have the ability to take in knowledge and to reason. That's part of our soul. That's who we are inside. We got into this in basics this morning. That's part of our soul. Our souls in our mind, our, our mind, our will, and our emotion all work together as a part of our, our soul. And our soul extends from our mind into our heart into every nerve ending in our body. That's our soul. When this soul leaves the body, you can do anything you want to this old body and it won't feel a thing. But when that soul's in the body and it's connected and, and awake, I can feel it. Now, this ability to reason helps us to know and helps the whole world to understand the difference between right and wrong. The, the people that don't understand right and wrong are college professors who have been taught there is no right and wrong. And they have a reprobate mind. And that's who's teaching American youth today, people with a reprobate mind. Not all, not all, but so many of them. But the understanding to know right and wrong you know, 
You know, some people ask me, preacher, where does where does uh, uh, where, where does the, the cavemen come in? I said, well, that's pretty easy. They came in in the 60s, the Beatles and such as that. Amen. That's 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 the cavemen. Black Sabbath and uh, I can name others. Lord, I know all about it. But the under cognitive reasoning, the, the ability to reason and know right and wrong has been instilled in the life and the soul of every human being. And it has to be taught out. It has to be blocked out. It has to be blindness put in. It's there. A little child, a, a little child knows right and wrong from the day they start communicating with you. And don't you believe this? But they won't lie to you. They will. If you're a parent, you understand that. But we understand that there's punishment for sin and there's retribution. And don't you dare use the word karma with me. I used to be more tolerant and try to correct you, but don't even bring it up, and some of you will now, and I'll get you. Karma is a heathen term. It's a pagan term. The Bible teaches us you shall reap what you sow. And you go and you give people a Bible answer, not a, not a heathen answer. And, and uh, don't tell me that you, what is that stuff where you meditate and do all this exercise? What's that called? What? Yoga. No, if you do it, don't call it that. If you want to meditate and think, just don't give the, the heathen the credit for it. Don't call it karma. Now, the more... The, the, the more we walk with the Lord, the more we ought to be biblical in our answers to people because we're in the Bible. But the world understands, the basic human soul understands that there's going to be retribution in the afterlife. They, and, and, and the world basically, you, you have to teach it out. You have to teach people to believe this. I've heard it a thousand times. Well, I just believe when you're dead, you're dead. Where are you going to be when you got? I'm going to be out there in the graveyard, in the, in the, in the dirt, buried. No, you're not going to be there. Your body's going to be there. And you have to be taught that baloney to believe that baloney. The soul of man understands that there is a soul that lives on forever, and if they do wrong, it's going to cost. Now listen, as Christians, we need to come from that basic understanding. Why am I saying all this? We need to talk to people with a basic understanding, whether they deny it or not. That's what atheism is. It's a denial of theism. Atheism is a denial of the reality of God. And so when we deal with people and talk with people, we know that they know, unless they have been educated out of it, or unless they have sinned, and now are in darkness. Now, here it is. The person who does not know God in the world is seeking to know God if they're in that innocence. They're seeking to know God. And that's why you and I need to get the gospel, and we need to send the gospel, and we need to give our money to take the gospel to the world, that people have the opportunity to know Jesus as their Savior. See, the world believes in the higher power, which is the creator, God. They don't know the details of that. The Bible tells us over in the book of, of Romans, uh, chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For the invisible things, 
That's things that people don't see. That would be the existence of God, the existence of a creator. He said, for the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. They're clearly seen. You have to deny the fact that there is a creator. They're clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Okay, you look at a watch, you know there's a watchmaker. You look at a car, you know there is a car maker. And they're getting dumber, not smarter. Right. You know there is a maker when there's something that works secretly. Think about the whole world. Think about the, I don't want to get into this, but you think about all the planets and the, how the sun works and, and all the days and how someone put that thing together. He said that's clearly seen. So that's why they have April the 1st is Atheist Day. Y'all put it together, amen? Cognitive reasoning there. But he says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. You know somebody made it because it's, it's too detailed to just fall together. Even the spiritual power and the Godhead so that they are without excuse. Now, people that have no knowledge of the gospel do not know the details of Scripture and do not know the details of the cross, do not know the details that brings them to Jesus, but they know there is a God. And let me tell you something. God would judge them based on whether they move forward or reject that information. There it is. Now, as I said, it moves a person to want to know God. We know that from Scripture. Now, once we become a Christian, we should magnify that desire to know the Creator. It should be more so true in us than... than but maybe we don't have salvation. Maybe we have religion. Religion, here's how religion works. Well, I think I'm going to make it. I, I, I'm as good as I'm as good as other people. I'm as good as them people up at the church. I'm as good as the preacher and the deacons and such as this. I think I'm going to be all right. I, I've got more good than I've got bad. That's how religion works, and religions will take you to hell. And all the way to get saved, you got to lay your religion aside and realize that you're an unworthy sinner in need of a savior. And trust Jesus as your Savior. The unreached billions, sadly, desire to know God, but in many cases, that desire is filled with religion. That's why the truth of the gospel needs to be around the world. You think of Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, uh, on and on. I've got about a hundred of them here. Uh, I don't even want to get into reading them. But all the pagan religions, the native religions, 
The continental religions, you know, there's the European continental religion. Druidism, I think, is one of the big ones there. And then you've got the Asian religions. You've got uh, different parts of the world. You've got American uh, pagan religions, uh, authentic, uh, in their mind, uh, continental religions, the Indian religions and all that. And we have to be careful. I've got Indian blood in me, by the way, but that don't mean that anything the Indian bleed believed had anything more to do with truth except their basic understanding of a higher power. The Wicca and all that stuff. You know, people worship the planets and the stars. Pagan religions. Jupiter, Juno, Vista, and on and on you could go and on. People, see, they filled the void. There is a void. There is a desire. Mankind has been placed in this world that was created by God with a desire to know the God, but the devil has given them all kinds of opportunities to fill that void, to fill the vacuum, the desire to know God with a false hope. The only hope that's real is the hope in Jesus Christ. Now the text, now I've said all this, but the text did not say how shall you escape if you neglect religion? It didn't say that, did it? It said how shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? People without the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, are, they're not going to escape the wrath of God. And they are without excuse. You think about it. Now I'm going to break the news to you. The text is not even written to the people that are lost that are going to go to hell. God has said to them what they need to have heard at this point, but he is speaking to us. He said, how shall we escape? if we neglect so great salvation. Well, I remember this when I was a kid. The boys and I would get into trouble, and my dad would point his finger and say, you are in trouble. He didn't say, y'all are in trouble. And you know the concept there, you're using your reasoning skills, because I belong to him. They belong to somebody else. So God, in the text here, is speaking to us as saved people. He's speaking to us. So God asked the question. Let me read Romans 2.15, though. He says, as he continued that same thought that was in Romans 1.20, he said, verse 15 of 2, he says, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or excusing one another. <clears throat> now let me, let me just lay something out for the juvenile people that are atheists. They're all juvenile. They never grow up. Let me, let me, let me explain something to you. If there is no God, there is no right or wrong. Anything goes. How would you like to live in a world like that? 
But the reality, you let that sink in. Every atheist that wants to deny the existence of God are living by the rules set up by the theists. That there is right and wrong. That there are people that are criminals. That murder is wrong. Lying is wrong. Only when somebody else does it in their view. Look at it. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, their conscience, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or excusing. Hey, people point their finger, they're not Christian, they're, they're, they can call this, they point their finger and say, boy, that guy's a bad guy. Accusing or excusing. Oh, that guy's a good guy. Every bit of that is eliminated if there is no God. There is no right or wrong. The reality here that I want you to get, the heart of what I'm saying today, <clears throat> I introduced the concept, the holiness of God. There needs to be a greater appreciation for who God is and the holiness of God. The whole reason of the cross is the holiness of God. So why is this salvation so great salvation? <clears throat> Number one, it's the only way to know God. To really know God. You say, well, I know God. You don't really know God. You know about God. You know something of God. But you don't know God until you know Jesus. And let me tell you something about wokeism. I'm not going to preach on wokeism today, but can I tell you one of the problems with wokeism? There is no forgiveness. You just check that out. Just line that out next time you hear a wokey talk. They don't ever forgive people. You take, when they attack Kavanaugh, remember the Kavanaugh uh, judge when they uh, uh, took him through Congress? They brought up stuff that happened when he was a teenager. I want you to stand up right now if, you want, if you're not afraid of something being brought up in your life that occurred when you was a teenager. If you was a goody two-shoes when you was a teenager, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know about you. Plus, they were lying but the re about many of the things, and I'm not taking up for him. I, I'm, I'm not a defender. I'm just a, a speaker of truth, okay? But they brought up things that happened when that guy was a teenager. Well, let me tell you something. I don't judge whether you're a good person or a bad person based on what you did 40 years ago. Do you? then you are a work wokey. You don't even know who you are yet. Is there not forgiveness of, of mistakes and sin? Yes, there is. And listen to me, folks, that's only with Christianity and with, with deist people. You could call the Judaism folks that too because they, they understand the, the, the concept of forgiveness. But my goodness, there's in, in religion it does not exist. You just got to be as good as you can all the time. And maybe somebody won't see your mistakes. I, I remember when Joe came here, Joe, uh, Phil's son, he, he went as a missionary to uh, Peru. And he was explaining how they were taught. They, they, they taught him in the missionary school that when you go out to these tribal people, they're, they don't know, they don't even have a word for forgiveness. 
they don't even have a word in their vocabulary for forgiveness because it does not exist. If you do something wrong to them, what they do is retaliate. So I guess if you don't forgive people, you maybe you're a heathen. <clears throat> well, so why is it so great? Let me let me get in. Why is salvation so great? One, because it's the only way to really knew, know God. You can say you know some. I know. I have a friend that says uh, he says he knows this, for, and he don't know him. He just knows about him. You don't know God till you know Jesus, and then you know about forgiveness. It's the only way to know God. It's the only way to get to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus. It's great because of the preparation. It took uh, 2,000 years to bring the cross to where it could be done. Great because of preparation. Great because of the power of it. It can change your life. It can make you a new person. It gives you new hope. It gives you a new world, new eternity great because of the power why is this so great a salvation because of the provisions of it that god just don't save you and then you're on your own he gives you his spirit the holy spirit lives in your soul and you're one with god now and you can know god and have have a relationship with god and you can live with god and you can walk with god what great great provisions great because of the simple plan it's not it's not hard to get saved you know, getting saved was the easy part, as you know, if you've been saved so very long, right? That was the easy part. Living it out and learning it, learning it and living it is a little more difficult. Yeah. His part's easy. Our part, uh, we're slow learners. Great because of the plan. And then, more than anything, our salvation is so great because of the person of Jesus Christ. We can talk about Jesus being the second person of the Trinity and we can magnify his name and, and glorify who he is as God uh, in eternity, but then he became a little baby. And we can talk about the greatness of Jesus when he was a little baby. And then he grew up. We can talk about the greatness when he was a, a little child, when he was a son of Mary and the stepson of Joseph. We can talk about it when he became a teacher and when he started calling his disciples and his apostles and, and how great he taught. And, and the world is influenced, so much influenced by the teaching, just the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have rejected him as the Son of God, the Messiah, still have great benefits because they have believed in his teaching. And that's the thing that the wokey tries to do. They try to deny the teaching of the Lord Jesus. That's why they're antichrist. Great because of the person, God's Son. Jesus, God's only begotten Son. God in the flesh. Of course, we cannot stop talking about so great a salvation without mentioning great because of the price he paid at Calvary. He died for our sin. Hey, the miracle is that God, the Son, died did you ever figure out how hard it is for a God to die a real God that's a miracle but he died and his soul left that body in the grave went on into paradise 
and came back to that body three days later and raised it up again. And he walked out of that grave. Hey, if you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. So great. But now, let's think about why do people need salvation? And if you've remembered back, you will remember, I said, because God is holy. God is holy. And that's it. You, you can't go to heaven because God loves you. God loves you, but you can't go to heaven based on the love of God. Now, the love of God brought the death of Jesus Christ to the cross to please and appease the holiness of God. That's why religions, someone says any religion is just good as enough. No, 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 they're not because, well, we need to let every religion just, you know, don't, don't, don't say anything bad about other people's religion. I understand the concept, but let me tell you something. People need to know the truth. Need to know the truth, you'll make bad mistakes. If there's a bridge out between here and town and you know about it and you don't tell anybody about it, you are partially to blame for their death if they run into that place where the bridge used to be and die. Oh yeah, they're accountable themselves. But you are accountable because and we we'll go to the Bible reference, you are a watchman. And you're to warn people. Now every one of you, you're a Christian. You're not off the hook. Well, I pay my tithes, preacher. I, I give 10% of my income to the... That don't get you off the hook. Well, I'll quit then. Don't quit. We need your money. Oh, God. We need God's money, rather. Amen. But that don't, that don't pay you off. And I'm not your paid hired gun. You know, a lot of people preach, t- 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 treat the preacher like he's, he's, he's a Marshall Dillon on gun smoke. Hey, I need somebody to get saved. I'm going to get Marshall Dillon, the preacher, and let him have a gunfight with them. Shoot them out. No, that don't get you off the hook. You've got to learn to use your gospel gun yourself. Every one of us are accountable. But the reason we are responsible to share that good news, the world is going to hell until they come to the Lord Jesus Christ. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? God has done everything He is going to do, and now you and I have a job to do, and that's to take the gospel to the world. God's made a way for mankind to spend eternity with Him. God is holy. I'm going to bring you back to the Christopher Hitchens' book, God is Not Great, in that the, 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 he, he, he's a juvenile, by the way. Just remember, he's a juvenile. He don't have any sense. He's, he's, he's in blindness and darkness and in hell today if he didn't get saved before he died. But in that concept of God is not great, it, was, it still goes on the, in the Internet that, oh, oh, this God, he created you and then said, if you don't come to me, I'm going to send you to hell. And they kind of minimize who God is, and they, they try to make God look like a bad guy because he sends you to hell if you don't come to Jesus. The reality is the world is separated from God because of the original sin in the garden. That's the truth. And part of the world's lying today is telling you the truth out of context. Yes, you'll go to hell 
if you do not come to Jesus Christ. Yes, but the out of context is the trying to make God look like he's an angry God. The reality is the world is separated from God because of sin. And we sinned in the garden when we were in Adam. And we sinned when we got big enough to know the difference between right and wrong as a little child. And we are sinners separated from God because of the holiness of God. We cannot enter the presence of God because of His holiness. And there has to be a time and a place that the blood is applied to your soul for you to be in right relationship with God so that you can spend eternity with God instead of separated from God. Now, that's the gospel. Christ died, he was buried, and he arose from the grave the third day, and he died for our sins on the cross to pay the penalty and just leave the devil out of it and leave the humans out of it. He died for our sake, for the holiness of God. Christ, the Savior of the world. Jesus paid the sin dead on the cross and you have to come to him and believe to be saved. You say, preacher, you say that's true for me? Yes, you've heard the gospel. Now you are accountable. It seems like a foolish thing, doesn't it? That a God would come into human flesh and that a God would go to a man-made cross made out of wood and die. And that would be the appeasement of this great God of creation and that, that this would make a way for mankind to go to heaven. Let me tell you something. First Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what? Foolishness. God has chosen the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. He chose a simple way of salvation so that a little child can understand it. The greatness of a great person is not how they can mesmerize you with their inventions and their talents that you don't understand. I just went through that last week watching some guy speak. I was not mesmerized as much as I was hypnotized and totally confused. But what mesmerizes us is when someone great can take something so complicated and so wonderful and so outstanding and make it so simple that we can understand it. Can I get an amen on that? And our great God, the creator of the world that made everything synchronized that works in perfect order, he made salvation so simple that a little child can be saved and you can be saved and uh, the foolish can be saved. Jesus, born, became a man. He went to the cross and died. And his death on that cross appeased. You go to God, you got to go to 1 John to get that word appeasement. He died on that cross and that pleased God. Oh, the Wokies can't stand it. He pleased God with his death on the cross. The ways of God are contrary to the ways of humans. He pleased God by dying for our sins. And he made the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Don't, don't be weary. 
I go to prepare a place for you. He was speaking to his own there that day. He said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be there also. The way you know. He, he said, the way you know. Jesus is the way. That's how they knew. They knew him. Thomas the dummy said, how can we know the way? And Jesus was glad he asked the question because a lot of people don't understand simplicity. And Jesus made it as simple, so simple, the way to heaven. I, he said, I, not me. He said, I, Jesus speaking of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. What was it? But by me. So everyone's excluded. Everyone's excluded until they come to Jesus. Folks, let me ask you a question. His blood was shed and accepted by the Father as payment for our sins. We know that. How shall you and I escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now let me ask you a question. I just said a mouthful in that statement. If you follow me, do you get it? Let's hear a big amen if you get it. Amen. If you think I'm just still talking, you missed it. I'm summarizing. You got it? Make sure I'm clear. How shall we escape? The lost world are excluded from the statement. The statement is exclusively to us. How shall we Escape. Remember, I told you about my dad not holding everybody else's kids accountable, but held me accountable. Our God's going to hold us accountable. How shall you escape if all you do is show up at church whenever you want to, whenever you're not hindered? Boy, everybody's afraid to say amen there because there's too many doing that. Amen. How shall you escape if you've narrowed down your Christian life to how you want it, when you want it, the way you want it? Shame on you. How shall you escape if you neglect this wonderful, wonderful plan of salvation that's been laid out? All you have to do is take it and serve it. Jesus provided a wonderful meal even illustrated with this truth. He did all the preparation. He even became the meal itself. And it's sitting there on the table. It's warm. Are you sharing that meal with the world around you? Are you sharing that meal with your friends? How shall you escape if you let that meal grow cold and it's sit there on that table when your friends are dying and going to hell? How shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? Let's bow our heads. Let's quietly stand. Get up. Give not. We're going to give an invitation. If you're guilty, this altar should have you on it.
If you are guilty, this altar should have you kneeling on it. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're going to wait. Give opportunity for response. I invite you to come to this altar and say, Jesus, help me not neglect my responsibility in serving the meal of the gospel of Jesus to the world outside the doors of this church. Just sing it for us, brother. Y'all come. Would you come? This is a time there needs to be leadership in the church. Don't look around at everybody else. You provide the leadership. How shall we escape? Anyone else? Let's all sing that out now. Look, it's on the screen. Sing it out. You come if you need to come. Just as I am, thou will receive. Welcome, plans really because thy promise I believe. One more verse. Just as I am thy love unknown, hath broken every bearer down now to be thy yes, thy. Let's have our ushers come receive our morning offering.